Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Conservative Connection. I have a very, very special guest with me today. Do you want to introduce yourself, or should I introduce you? Wow, this is so fantastic. Andreas, you're probably the greatest. Believe me, I've been on many, many, many podcasts, and by far, this is the biggest. It's huge. It's going to skyrocket, just like many of my skyscrapers that I've built. So fantastic. I'm so happy to be on the most connection of all conservatives, the conservative connection. Thank you very much. All right. That's my buddy, Matthew DeRay. He's been in politics for a very long time. It's always fun to have him on. And we're going to be talking about the difference between national and local politics. Are they both important? Is one more important than the other? And which one affects the country the most? Today on The Conservative Connection. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. So it's been a while, man. How have you been doing? It's good to see you here in the studio. Yeah, it's been uh, going well. As you probably can tell by now, I'm not Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, my impression of him is probably uh, pretty shoddy, too. So. I apologize to all you listeners who had your ears just bleed because of that impression. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's always fun to do a Trump impression. I miss, I miss Trump impressions, but, um, you know, it's much more lively than a Biden impression. You know, Biden is, he did cure my sleep apnea, though. That's true. I think he uh, has sleep apnea himself, too, where he just falls asleep whenever. So, uh yeah. But so we're going to be talking about the difference between local and national politics, what affects the country more. And I, I, I right now, considering everything going on, uh, Matt, I'm kind of leaning towards the sides of national politics will affect the country on a larger scale. But maybe maybe you could convince me otherwise. Maybe uh, what exactly is your stance on that? Matt Matthew has been uh, helping out a lot of local politicians and uh, he's been involved in local politics more than most people that I actually know. And, uh, you know, you know, a lot of our, our good local politicians and you helped get one of the board members of CLC elected, which is great. His name is Tamai, right? Yeah, that's yeah. one of our guys. Yeah, so. he, he's, he's great. You know, I, I voted for him. I got, I got him in. And, uh, you know, we actually spoke at, at CLC to address the board and we're actually shocked that many people on the board were kind of... Um, they were kind of uh, frightened by the governor's mandate and they didn't exactly want to go along with it, but they feel intimidated. And because they're a public college, they're not exactly sure what to do. And, you know, these are the people who, you know, previously on the board, we had we had a little bit of friction with when we were doing our public events. But why don't you tell me exactly what is your argument for getting people involved in local politics? Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, with even something as a community college board, um, the, these people on the board, they impact for the college students, their everyday life with uh, some simpler things such as the budgets, um, not that the budget is simple, but also more some complex issues such as a mask mandate, a vaccine mandate, and ultimately the policies that a governor or a president would put into place, the people that interpret those laws and figure out how they want to have them impacted at a level, say a community college, is the school board. So let's say the governor um, imposes a mask mandate statewide for all the schools, well, then who would be the ones that are saying, this is how we want to set it up. This is what we want to obey. This is what we want to disobey is ultimately up to those school boards. So take, for instance, um, any area of local government, school board, village government, city council, any of that, that's really the backbone of where all the decisions um, th that are coming out of our government, that affects us more. Um, then I would say national politics, and that's where we can have a bigger impact. Um, just me and you as regular citizens, we can actually impact the ebb and flow 
of these local races way more than, say, a presidential election or a gubernatorial election. Well, how, how exactly would people get involved in that? What is the most effective way? Is it persuasion? Is it going to rallies? Is it uh, trying to help uh, you, you know, door knocking, go to door, door to door? What exactly can people do? If they if they're passionate about politics, if they want to help, because a lot of people they lead busy lives, they have kids, they have jobs, they have families, they have events going on. You know me, I work like sixty hours a week. What can somebody uh, like me or like somebody like them do when they have all this stuff going on? What can they do to actually impact local politics to actually further it for the cause of freedom? Yeah, definitely. So I think people underestimate the impact that they can have. A lot of these local races say a high school school board they a lot of times come down to 75 100 maybe 200 votes and a lot of those people i can name 100 people right off the bat that i would know who would vote in this election but the the turnout rates are so low so in a lot of these we'll have turnouts as low as 10 percent, sometimes as high as maybe 20 percent in a good year um but there are so many registered voters who are just unaware that school boards are up for re-election i know people who are so enthusiastic about what's going on with the president, what's going on with Congress, and they have no clue that every two years we have an election in April. So what can we do? We can really make people aware and recruit and run and support good candidates who who want to run for these positions. For example, let's say you want someone to, who, who's going to run for a village trustee position. Let's say you don't like the village that you're in. You don't like that a property tax was just implemented that'll raise your taxes um, from, let's say, a 2% village level to 5%. Well, the people on the board, usually seven people on the board, are the ones who directly voted for that. And these people only got voted in by 50, 100 votes. So what do we do? We find a candidate who we like better, who will support our principles. We tell them to run. They only need to win by 100, maybe 200 votes. And what do we do? We just get out in the community. We attend events. We talk to people. We tell people, hey, did you know there's an election this April? No, I didn't. What is the election for? Oh, it's for your village trustee. Oh, I didn't even know what the village trustee does. Tell me a little bit about that. So it's really about raising awareness. There's many ways to do it. You know, obviously you can knock on doors, but it's it's really just telling your neighbors, telling your community about these important local issues. You're never going to change. Well, I won't say never, but it's a lot harder to change a federal tax increase just being one person in, in a town, in a county, in a state. It's a lot harder to change that versus, let's say they raise your village property tax. You being one person can go tell 100 people and those 100 people will get out to vote in a race that only comes down to 100 votes and there you just change an outcome of an election. You, you said something interesting there where you were talking about like increases in taxes. Can you give a few examples of like radical changes that can happen on a local level that maybe these... Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, technical difficulties. I think, uh, Matt, your impression had something to do with that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so... I just wanted to, to ask you, so you, we have these positions and you've got these these small positions that not a lot of people know about. What's a major, major decision that would radically affect somebody's life from one of these small positions coming out? Yeah, so I'll just give you one example. Um, a lot of these, in the April elections, there's referendums and there's things on the ballot that'll increase taxes, decrease taxes, add grants and funding from different governments. One big example that we saw, so actually in Antioch, in on the April election last year, there was something on the ballot to have a $10 million renovation to the Antioch library. Now $10 million, that's a big chunk of change. And this only won by eight votes out of 13,000 that were cast. And if we were just going off of how much it would cost those 13,000 who voted. Obviously, there's more people in Antioch than 13,000, but it would end up causing the uh, costing the taxpayer around over $700 just for this one thing. Now, the shocking thing is this referendum only passed by eight votes. Really? Eight. So those eight people, those eight people had an impact on $10 million. Now, I'm not saying this renovation is good. I'm not saying it's bad. But what I am saying is if one person just told eight of their friends, hey, vote against this. And now keep in mind, these municipal elections, only 12, around 12% 12 of people vote. So there's still 
88% of people who live there who are registered to vote, who can vote in these elections. Think about one person just telling eight people to not vote for this. They would have saved taxpayers around $10 million. That's amazing. Just, just one person. And now I'm not saying I'm for it or against it. I'm just saying these are the things that come up every single April. And it's not just... It's for every single district. It could be for a school board district, a library district, a community college district, a village district. There's all these things that keep popping up, and we're just unaware of them, and we don't realize the impact we can have. That that is amazing uh, to think about. But yeah, yeah, you and you've worked on a, a lot of different elections, not just Robert Tomei. You've worked on others as well. Um, what was your favorite one to work on? Would you say? Definitely the municipal elections, because that way you can see. The impact. My favorite election probably was my own. <laughs> you were elected. Uh, I wasn't elected, but <laughs> so I ran for village trustee in Gurney um, two and a half, three years ago. Someone just called me out of the blue and said, hey, you should run. And I said, oh, you're nuts. I'm 17 years old. And they said, oh, are you going to be 18 by election day? I said, yeah, two days before. They said, all right, put your name on the ballot. But the funnest thing is, is funnest a word? I don't know. The, I don't know. In Donald Trump's vocabulary. It is. The funnest. No. <laughs> Something that's so fun is when you do put yourself out there and you really do get to talk to people. Yeah. It really forces you to learn a lot about yourself and learn about how to talk to other people. Yeah. Just talking to people say, oh, why are you running? What? Tell me a little bit about yourself. You really learn good communication skills. You learn how to build leadership skills. And it was fun. Um, I ended up losing i i beat out four people including an incumbent at 17 years old so that was a that's fun. pretty impressive it was for fun. a 17 year old i'm yeah. just saying and i still had uh, i guess i still do have my chubby cheeks so i'm not sure if that helped <laughs> um but people just think oh i can't run for office or oh that's too above me that's it's too big of a shoes to fill it's really not, especially in these local elections. All you need to know how to do is have a basic understanding of what the village government does, be willing to put in the work, and get people around you who know what they're doing and who support you and who have the same vision as you. And as long as you can muster up a few hundred people, um, you can win. So the village trustee, is that like a, a paid position or is it like what, what would you have had to committed to, let's say, granted, like if you won? Yeah, so every everyone's familiar with a mayor of a town, and it's kind of like how I explain it is president versus Congress. The president, a.k.a. the mayor, um, is just more of a spokesperson, or they kind of develop the vision and the ideas of how they want to bring the town, the town into or the city. But the trustees are really the people who actually vote on everything. Like in my village, the mayor only votes on something if there's a tie. So the, vill the village trustees can say, hey, we want to add red light cameras or, hey, we want to increase a property tax. And it's the trustees who vote on that and who implement that, whereas the mayor is just more of a spokesperson. Um, and the trustees are, you know, they're supposed to be representative of the community, engaged. If someone has a question or concern, they're able to go to the trustees. But they're all part-time jobs. I mean, most mayors of towns are part-time jobs. And you might make a few thousand dollars here and there, but it's really just who can lead the village in a in a good direction. Yeah, you know, it's something f funny. Like those red light cameras, there was a, a big uh, court decision, I think, in Illinois that actually happened on the local level where they said these red light cameras, the yellow lights have been shortened and these red light cameras are clicking people and, and taking pictures of people who are just barely going through. And it's just a, a shameless way for the state to make money, basically. And yeah. And, and that is a big issue. I would probably be against red light cameras. I do think they're a little bit of a scam. But the way that you would go about changing that is you can go petition in Springfield all you want. You can contact the governor. You can contact your state legislature. They can pass a law statewide. Or what you can do is go to your city government. You can elect people at a local level who share the same vision as you. And even if the state says, oh, we can have red light cameras statewide, well, what's easier, trying to conquer a statewide issue or trying to conquer an issue that's 30,000 people, a bunch of whom you're neighbors with and you're in sports with and yeah. you're involved in church with people that you already know and you just get a few of those people together to stand firm with an issue and make change at that level. Right. And then on top of that, you've got all these issues flying around. And yeah, it's like what you said, you might not be able to take down red light cameras for the state, but you could probably take them down for your district. Yeah, you definitely. Uh, so 
What are some areas where people are fruitful or what are the mistakes you say see people make when they try to get involved in local politics, but it doesn't end up going anywhere? Are people doing anything wrong or are they not doing the right thing? Is there something they could do that's more effective or maybe something hidden that they didn't consider? I think the biggest thing is people just set the bar too high or they um, they think that these elected positions are too far out of reach for them mm-hmm. and that people think, oh, I can't have a change at the local level. They think that they can't impact it or they'll just have their head in the clouds. And I don't blame them, but when they see national news, when they're watching Fox or CNN or anything that they watch, they'll see these they'll see these news clips and they'll get aggravated. Oh, I'm so mad at what Trump's doing. Oh, I'm so mad at what what Biden is doing. But really, those things are kind of far removed in those things. Like this is what I told people. People would come up to me and say, you know, in the last election, I voted for Trump and I walked out. And I said, that's great, but you had no impact on Illinois. Right, exactly. Like you, you didn't, like you need to vote down ballot. Right. And that's something that you, you and I both stress is you need to vote down ballot. But there's a lot of these small little things down ballot where people are like, they don't, there's not even a party for some of the down ballot votes. They don't know what's it, what it's affiliated with and they don't know who to vote for right. in, in those things. What, what would you say to people who want to figure out and be like, hey, I want to just vote blindly for these people. Tell me what, where I can figure out this information because you try to look it up and it's, sometimes it's like a wild goose chase. It's really right. hard to find out what, where to find out who to vote for. Yeah, definitely. So what I tell people is, you're looking at your ballot, okay, flip it over, and now turn it upside down. And that's the order of importance of how you should vote. So you should start. Your, the, the thing on the top of your mind should not be who's going to be the president of the United States. It should be, oh, who's going to be my mayor? Who's going to be my village trustees? Who's going to represent me on the school board? Because then you can actually go to those people. If there's people on the ballot running for trustee, running for school board, running for library board, chances are you can look them up and you can call them and ask them directly. Yeah, like President Biden, you can barely uh, get them to reach out to the press. It's going to be really hard to reach out to the president right? <laughs> or something. But if you if you reach out to your mayor, I'm pretty positive that they'll pick up the phone, ask, and you, and you ask them whatever questions you want, and they'll answer, and you can figure it out. And a lot of these people are in the community, too. You, you should be able to go to them, and you can ask them questions, and you can actually influence the way that they vote just by saying, hey, I think you should do this. Hey, I think you shouldn't do this. Um, whereas people who went in, they voted for they voted for Trump and walked out. And I said, that's great. But you know what? Illinois is always going to be blue. I mean, I'd like to see it change. Um, Illinois is going to be blue and you really had no impact because we all knew that Illinois was going to go blue anyway. But you could have impacted that state representative. He lost by 150 votes. If you and 150 of your community members in across five different towns, it's pretty easy to get 150 people across five different towns. Yeah. And you all supported your state representative candidate then you know what that person could have won? They could have pushed in Springfield. They could have pushed the agenda that you wanted. They could have stood by principles that you had because you were influencing them and you knew them from church. You knew them from Boy Scouts. You knew them from whatever. Um, That's just so much more fruitful than just walking in, checking the top of the ticket and walking out. Yeah, I mean, right now I I can't even really go to the gym to work out like I used to and like I wanted to. Because, you know, I uh, the, the gyms around our local area make you wear masks um, in order to work out. And they make you wear them like while on the treadmill. And uh, people who are around me, my family members and stuff, they don't believe me. I have a friend in the UK right now in Britain. And he said, they make you wear that when you work out? That's insane. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about is that would you say that the national has affected us more or do you say that and even though that the nationals uh, has affected us more that the local and that we were able to combat it what do you think is more important so i would say the national is very important yeah and i'm not downplaying that i just think that since we're so the media and the way we're tuned to think is we just always focus on the national, that a lot of stuff at the local level will just slip right past us and we won't even notice. Lake County just passed a gas tax increase where it increased everyone's taxes on their gas in Lake County. A majority of people didn't know this, and they're blaming Biden and they're they're blaming national, they're blaming Congress for all these gas increases, which, again, there are... Yeah, I mean, they shut down the pipeline that right. we were going to erect, so that definitely had something to do with it. But you're saying, too, in local Illinois, they're doing things that people 
they're flying right under their noses. People don't understand that they're actually raising it even more than that. They So they increased their taxes 4% on gas in Lake County. Um, and this was against what the public, they did some polling and the Lake County Board actually voted against how the, the public wanted. But no one knew about that. And people should be outraged because these are their people right from their hometown. My county board member, there's 21 people on the county board, and they yeah. control a budget of over half a billion dollars, $500 million. Right. And they're in charge of the health department. They're in charge of um, adding stuff like, like a gas tax. So the person who added 4% or who voted for adding a 4% increase lives in my town. Huh. And we don't know that people aren't aware of that. So figure out who your legislators are locally and, and contact them. Or if you don't like them, a county board race can come down to... 200, 300, 400 votes. A lot of times you don't need to spend more than $10,000 on that race, which might seem like a lot, but you find 10 of your neighbors who will give you $100. You find some local organizations and businesses that want to support you. They give you $1,000. You can get to $10,000 relatively quickly. You don't need to be experienced. You just need to go out and talk to the community. And you know what? You find people like that all, all over the county and we say, okay, we don't like this tax increase. We're going to run against you and we're going to win because it doesn't take much. Right now, there's a, there's a, a lot going on within the country, um, and a lot of it has different rules, like locally. Like I, I just said, like the masks within gyms is something particular to our area. If you go to Wisconsin or even if you go to certain places in New York or if you go to certain places in California, they don't even have that. Or like I said, in the UK. So what I wanted to tell you was, uh, or what I wanted to ask you rather was, what are some positions that you would encourage people to run for in their local body politics. Yeah. So a lot of people I know are so upset at a lot of things going on in the schools. Yes. Some of the big ones are the new, so the state just put out a, a bill that changed some of the sex ed curriculum for yeah. statewide. A lot of people were very upset about that and rightfully so. And we could be mad at the state, but who are the people that actually vote on how they're going to implement that in the school curriculum? The board members. The school board. Yeah. And like I said before, it does not take many votes to get those people in. A lot of people on the school boards are not political people. They just either have a tie to the teachers union or they've been an educator. So they're really not political people. And I'm not saying we got to get political people on there, but I'm just saying they're everyday people who have never been challenged or who've never had to really run a political race. They're just people who are doing what they're told so mm -hmm. we can get our own people in there. So I would say the biggest thing is run. If you're mad at the school board, run for your school board. Mm -hmm. If you're mad at what's going on at a state level about the sex education or the mask mandates or the vaccine mandates in schools, run for your school board. And even though the governor, the yeah, the governor may say, okay, we're gonna push this curriculum curriculum in. When you have five people out of seven on a school board who all agree with you, then you say, you know, we're not gonna implement that. Well, what are some other? Uh stances you would take not just the school board but what are some other areas that you would encourage people to get into because i know we know how big the school board is i mean we, yeah. you know you were with me when we did public debates at clc we might put out his episode too as a bonus episode just <laughs> saying because uh you, you handled yourself really well i was impressed i wish you could have done more debates with me man yeah because you, you were you were very articulate you oh, did very you. well but what are some other areas than just the school board that you would encourage people to get to yeah so there's many different levels of school board. Your elementary school has a school board. Your high school has a school board. Your community college has a school board. There's also the library. So the, your local library has mm -hmm. a library board that is elected every two years. Um, and they control a huge chunk of the budget. Um, they Well, they control the, the budget of what goes into libraries. Also village levels, village trustees, village mayors. And the county board, too. There's a lot of people on the county board. And the county board, like I said before, has control over the Lake County Health Department. They have control over raising taxes. They have control over forest preserves. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say the main three or main four would be village, school, library, and county. And there's even miscellaneous things like the North Shore Water Reclamation Districts. We have people who control sanitary districts. Huh. And... People on our side of the aisle, Republicans have traditionally, since they're nonpartisan, you don't run as a Republican or as a right. Democrat. And I'm not telling people to run as a Republican. I'm just saying when you have a Democrat-controlled state and Democrat-controlled county, they are thinking more of, oh, we need to fill Democrats in every single area. Uh -huh. Whereas Republicans need to think, 
oh, we should be filling our people in these areas too. Not to run as a Republican, but just if you have seven people on a water reclamation board, yeah. um, I believe in Lake County is five. Well, if all five of them are Democrats, maybe we should just at least get one person who has an opposing view. Have a little bit of a balance there, right. you know. I, obviously, I, I'm I'm more of a winner take all kind of scenario. I just want people with common sense to get in and just get rid of a lot of the. I can't say that word on this podcast, but BS <laughs> that sure. goes on within local politics. And uh, one of the reasons that I think what you're doing is is so effective and so influential and why it's so valuable is because the um the Republican strategy, I believe, over the past 20 years when it comes to investing in institutions has sucked because this yeah, is what this is what ends up happening every single time. Uh, we have people who want to go into an area or, or like, let's say, uh, liberal or liberal or Democrats, they or socialists or communists or radicals from any side get into a political area. The Republican strategy was, oh, liberals have taken over academia. Well, academia, college professors, that's not really that important. Oh, the, the liberals have taken over the news media. Well, the news, nobody re really believes the news. The news is not that important. Oh, they've, they've gotten into the theater district and, 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 and local acting. Well, local acting is not really that important. Oh, uh, they've gotten into the music industry. Well, the music industry is not really that important. Right. It, you know, it, it, it keeps cascading and everything else. And now we're getting into the medical field. Yeah. And now we're getting into local politics. Now, and again, if you guys want to make a gradual change, you have to start valuing the institutions that are there because the truth is these institutions are important although because you can't say they're not important and then continue to complain about them for the next 20 years right and i think we need to support the people who are fighting that that battle at the lower level um lower just meaning more local not like it's lower in importance mm -hmm. but in people i know will send their money to dc to help get trump reelected, which is great but then they wonder why their county is blue and they wonder why their village is blue is yeah. because you've you've supported people at the local the the, the top level yeah. and their DC is not going to send a lot of resources to Lake County and no. to Illinois because it's blue but you know who can send resources yeah. you yourself sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So when you're having these conversations with people, sure, you can discuss for an hour about what, why Trump is better than Biden. More likely than not, the person you're talking with, if they disagree with you, has their own opinion and they're not going to change. I am not going to convince any of my Biden voter friends why they should have voted for Trump. Uh, yeah, but I have convinced a few people by saying, OK, you know what? We'll leave the national where it is. The national is important, but we're going to disagree there. But have you seen the, the direction our state's going in? Have you seen the direction our county's going in? Yeah. When it comes to a state house seat, a state senate seat, you know what? We can disagree on abortion. We can disagree on gun rights. We can disagree on all that. But look at what's happening with our pensions. Look at what's happening with our property taxes. Yeah, and that's actually red-pilling a lot of people because that's something that's bipartisan. And right. even with these mandates, we've seen the Black Lives Matter groups in New York actually come around and get together um, with with local people saying, hey, we don't want mandates on our personal health decisions. Right. And that's also something that's been affecting us a lot too. So, you know, as, as much as, you know, there's a divide that I don't know if we can mend, there there is bipartisan issues where we do actually come together on everybody needs to retire. Everybody needs to have a pension. Everybody needs a safe and secure neighborhood. Everybody needs to make sure that their taxes aren't needlessly going up for no reason. Right. And if if the state has been controlled by a Democrat supermajority for as long as I've been alive and yeah, then like, some. what, 40 years? Yeah. And Michael Madigan has been in office since, I believe, the 80s. Yeah. Um, now he's out. But just I don't understand how people can still keep voting 
Democrat at a state level when Illinois has gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And I get that you have your principles. I get that you are left of center. Have those principles. But when it comes down to local issues, just don't think about the party. Think about what's worked and what isn't working and what's continually not going to work. I know yeah. people who, after we've had conversations, are they're like, all right, for Congress and for for president, I'm going to vote straight blue. But you know what? When it comes down to my state reps, my state senators, that's the Illinois mm -hmm. House and Illinois Senate. Yeah. When I vote for them, I'm going to vote Republican. Not because I agree with them on gun rights or I agree with them on abortion or I agree with them on really anything. It's just I've seen the Democrat machine. I've seen how they fund. I've seen their corruption. And I want to vote for someone who's not a part of that. Yeah. And you're going to have decisions like that. And I know people say, well, the lesser of two evils is not a th real thing. I, I can tell you as somebody who lives in Illinois, it very much is. Right. It very much is. And, you know, I even got to the point where I watching the, I remember I was telling you during the 2016 presidential race, if it comes down to voting for Jeb Bush or Tulsi Gabbard, I might actually pick Tulsi Gabbard <laughs> because of some of the issues that she sure. had more common sense on than if it like Jeb Bush did. So you have to actually look at the stances of your local politicians and what they're pushing, what they want. And if a lot of people are standing up and realizing, hey, they're pushing something no nobody wants, go and support that guy to have a voice so that he can actually represent you. And I think that's why a lot of people, like you were saying, they live in these small areas where they have... A, you know, a huge Republican population or libertarian population or even an independent independent uh, population or even like a, a right or blue dog Democrat population, but they don't feel like they're represented. And that's because none of them are voting. Right. In, in these. Right. You'll see abysmal low turnout in these local elections. So tell people if there's one thing that you remember from this podcast is tell people that every other April. We have an election and research your people, research who you want. I don't care if you disagree with me, just get out and vote and tell your other friends to vote because these are the things that impact you on a greater level than nationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, is there anything, is there anything else you'd like to leave our, our podcast listeners with? Or is, is there, um, or you, there was one other major subject I wanted to dive into. I don't know if you have time. You're a busy man. I understand. Yeah, let's dive into it. Okay. So when it comes to the national stage or local gun to your head, you got to pick one of them. What would you pick? I would, I would have to pick local okay. um, because we've all heard the, the age old adage, um, all politics is local. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, coined by Tip O'Neill, former, Speaker of the House, um, I just strongly think that local, we can have more of an impact. And local is a lot more down to earth. Yeah, The people that you're surrounded with, you could have coffee with them here. You can have a beer with one of your trustees. You can get to know them. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot. It's still dirty. Yeah, All politics is dirty. It, but it's more down to earth in that... Yeah. I would honestly, a lot of these presidential candidates, a lot of these big business, big corporation congressmen, they're all out of the common touch of most people. But these other people are down to earth and they're just regular people who want to make a difference. And there's a lot less partisan lines at the local level, too. It's a lot friendlier. And it's honestly the way we can impact change in a way nicer level than, you know, calling your friend the racist or calling him a socialist or whatever because you disagree on the national levels and uh, issues instead of just saying hey you know what we're friends and we disagree on that but let's go stomp out property taxes in illinois would you say that uh when it comes to people so you're not really trying to convince them you're more just trying to open their eyes to a, a world of politics that they haven't seen and allow them to see how it's negatively affecting them yeah and i think when we are so wrapped up nationally it it creates that divide mm -hmm. in that there's so uh, two presidential candidates are so vastly different. Whereas two county board member candidates or two mayors, they're probably not that different. Maybe they just have a different idea on how to bring businesses to your town. Yeah. But one may happen to be Republican. One may happen to be Democrat. But you know what? At the end of the day, they both want what's best for their community. And they're not funded by 
big business. They don't right. have private interests. They've not been in the political sphere their whole life. Or if they have, it's at a village board. Like that's yeah. way different than the swamp in DC. Yeah. Well, another thing that happened to, uh, in Illinois, I don't know if you ever heard this Deerfield story. Did you hear about what happened in Deerfield with the gun regulation? Why don't you remind me? There was a bunch of board members and they decided that you could not have um, a firearm within your home that had more than 10 rounds. So they actually sent police locally um, door to door trying to collect everybody's firearms. And it got to the point where somebody uh, used a little bit of legalese and legal warfare to essentially take out an, a, a restraining order against the police in order so that they, they wouldn't be able to come into their homes, which I didn't even know you could do. But they eventually ended up taking it to a larger court level, and they said it was unconstitutional what they were doing. But I, I just wanted to share that story just to kind of back up just how crazy some of the authority is within your local community that you well, have. And as you said, I don't know how far it went up in the courts. but It went up pretty far from what I've heard. But, but yeah. the thing with the courts, too, is it sets precedent in that you, you just stated – that one person dealt with, you know, I don't know if it was a lawsuit or restraining order or how, however it worked out, but then as it moved up the court system, that set precedent for other towns, for other counties, for other villages, maybe even the whole state with some of these issues. I don't know about that particular one, but one person going against a state government or a local government can have legal implications up the chain. Um, with these judicial matters. Yeah. Yeah. And setting precedent is very important. There are certain cases going on in different states around the country, like Michigan and Wyoming and other certain areas. And if you get a precedent set on a local level of you can't do this, this is unconstitutional. Well, guess what? When, when the lawyers go to battle with big companies like United Airlines and other different companies or like the fire department or the EMS workers or the police unions, they can say, right. hey, we have precedent that says this is unconstitutional. And then they can work their way up because a lot of people don't understand how important precedent is. So when you guys think about your local politics, think about it setting a precedent for your national politics. Because the more locally you can build up and expand locally into local politics and the more institutions that you guys can control or the more at least I don't want to necessarily say control, have an influence on, you know, be able to have common sense where it's not so divided. Uh, have, I don't know. Have you heard these <laughs> polls when it comes to secession? What have you? What are your thoughts on that? I'm kind of curious. You mean seceding? Uh... Seceding from the union where because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious. This is more just like a fun question for you because- I, you, you're spewing out all this information sure. and stuff and it, it's very valuable and it's very important. I don't want to say spewing. That sounds like negative, <laughs> no, but, I get it. but I, I, you, you're just like a, this dictionary of local politics information, by the way, uh, where, where can people reach out to you really quick? Um, you know, if they want to reach out to you or, you know, they could contact me in my email and then I could tell them where to reach out with you. If you prefer that instead, Facebook is a great way or LinkedIn. Just look up my name. Okay. Um, and here's the thing. If you have questions on, how do I run for local office? Who should I support? Reach out to me. Reach out to your local um, organizations. And it's it's a lot simpler than people think. Mm -hmm. And there's always people in either the village government or in local political circles, local GOP organizations that want to always get more people involved. And you can have an impact at these levels. We're always looking for people to help knock on doors. We're always looking for people to run for office. We're always looking for people to speak at a school board meeting. And we're seeing something really valuable. I think now with just everything going on, there's such a pressure and such a movement, such a grassroots kind of fire. People are more fired up than now. Yeah. I've had so many people come up to me just in the past few weeks saying, hey, now I'm going to run for school board. Hey, now I'm going to do this. Hey, now people who are not political, yeah. people who did not really care, but then when they see... The stuff that's going on in their schools and their sex mad, education, right. and mandates, and arrests of sixteen-year-old students. Yeah, never get in between a mother, mother and, and her cubs. Yeah. Trust me, yeah. do not do it. It's not not a good idea. But, but as conservatives, we need to take advantage—not take advantage—but yeah. we need to use this opportunity where people are fired up and people have so much energy and so much momentum. Yeah. They just don't know what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people will take to Facebook. A lot of people will take to honestly just getting mad and yelling at the TV every night. Yeah. But what can we do? We can utilize that into, 
hey, you know what? I know you're mad at what's going on in Congress. You know what? You would be great to run for school board. Or you know what? Yeah. Look at this really this really good candidate that you can help. Oh, how can I help? We know you could introduce them to 10 of your neighbors who you know think similar to you. Yeah. You know what you could do? You can host a little meet and greet at your local restaurant. Or you know what? You could write them a check. Don't write that check to DC because you're never going to see it again. Yeah. But if you, if every single person who wrote a check to the National Republican Convention or the DNC yeah. or any of these, if everyone who wrote a check to Donald Trump would write it to their local people, I'm pretty sure Lake County in Illinois would be a lot more red. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you look at just something like every, look at all that money that they sent to help um, fight the election for the election audits. Like where did right. all that money go? Like could, that could have gone to local politics and it would have kept you a lot safer. Even with the Department of Justice. Now that the Department of Justice is trying to go at, and the FBI are trying to go after parents that are opposing critical race theory in your schools. Well, you know what? If you had your school board members opposing critical race theory in your schools, then they wouldn't be able to do anything, would they? Because right. they were elected people who were representing their local positions. But I'm not letting you go on the secession question because I know you're very good at, um, at uh, you know, adding to the conversation okay. and, and going because, you know, I like listening to you. But I want to I want to know what your feelings are on that, too, because I feel like some people think well, we're so divided. Um, you, you see something like a Chaz or a Chop, and I, I wonder whether or not if we were split along party lines on vaccinated or unvaccinated, Republican and Democrat, I wonder which side would end up holding, if, if both sides would end up upholding the Constitution, or if you think that one side would end up becoming like Chaz, and then the other side would just be like old America. You know, I think it would be an interesting experiment this is a hypothetical never, question yeah. right i would never say we need to secede and i would not encourage anyone to ever never. split up the country never is a strong word mike um i think it would be fun to just if we if we could exist in a simulation where we would say you guys do whatever you want and we do whatever we want um they would see very quickly that the right is doing things a little bit better we mm-hmm. can see that just by People are moving out of California, Illinois, Elon New Musk, York, yeah, and Joe they're all, Rogan. They're all going to Tennessee, Texas. So we're already kind of seeing that divide and people are, are coming back around. Let's mm. hope that they're smart enough to not vote in the same things that they left from. Yeah. But I think we just need something that unites people mm-hmm. more than digging our heels in the ground. And I think we need to be willing to, I think we can can compromise on policy without compromising on issue. So I will never tell someone to change what you believe, but I think when it comes to working together with people, we do need to find common ground. We need to find places where we agree. We can focus on the areas we disagree later, but once we come to a unified message, kind of like what Ronald Reagan did, he was a great communicator, brought people together who we never thought would be brought together and we need to have something similar. I've seen that a little bit on the independent side, not so much the hard, the hard blue side. I have to tell you, I've been a little bit discouraged on what little common ground we have. I mean, we have one side believes that, um, you know, when it comes to certain things, it's like you, men are women, babies aren't people. And there's no such thing as biology and there's no such thing as gender and men can get pregnant. I mean, there's compromise on Definitely. I, and the, the left by nature of being left, they're progressive. Mm-hmm. So whenever progressives get into office, they progress. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's way too fast for the average people to be a fan of it. So think of people on the very far left, the AOCs, the um, Rashida Tlaib. Rashida Tlaib. Yeah. Those are the people that really drive the Democrat Party. But a lot of Democrats would disagree with them. And obviously they're growing. Mm-hmm. But even people like Nancy Pelosi, once they get into power, they're kind of saying, all right, let's pull the reins back on this. So I think the left, when they're in power, they're going to accelerate things too progressive, too fast. I mean, conservatives, on the other hand, we're conservative, so we do things too slow because we want to conserve. Yeah. But the pendulum, I believe, will swing back around. And when they just keep spiraling out of control, we will see a majority of left of center, not very far left, but yeah. just moderate left of center, will come back to being moderate, come back to be even maybe a little bit right of center because we do see a pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. So the midterm after the presidential year yeah. is always beneficial to the opposite party. Trump lost Congress after two years. Yeah. Um, 
I believe we're going to see something again in two years. It's going to be hard, right? I, I'm very confident just because of right. everything that's going on. And especially that that's what we're trying to do. And again, when it comes to partisan politics and stuff, uh, like, like I said with Tulsi Gabbard, it is more so I am frightened with how fast they have become authoritarians versus the actual old JFK, Tulsi Gabbard type right. Democrats. It's it's more the fact that we're I feel like we're losing our freedoms and we're not really standing up for it. And that's something that I don't feel like we can compromise on because again, you have one side who wants to dictate how you live and you have another side who just wants to be left alone. Sure. And I'm not saying compromise on principle. Okay. I'm just saying find the areas that we can both agree on. I would say a majority yeah. of people would agree, let's say, give me an issue. Uh, okay, uh, guns. Guns. Okay, I'm sure a majority of people would agree that you should be able to defend yourself in some shape or form. Now, we can disagree on how many rounds that you think you should have or how many what types of firearms you should have. But I would say a 70% of Americans would agree that we should ha be able to protect ourselves with some sort of firearm. Mm -hmm. Now, we find those people who agree with us, people who are far right, who is always going to agree with us, yeah. the center right, the center, and the center left. And we say, look at what the super radical left is doing. We're yeah. going to push against that. And they're all going to agree with us. Once we win that battle and we get 70% of Americans agreeing that we should at least have some kind of Second Amendment rights, yeah. then we can pull it back even further and say, okay, maybe we should allow more types of firearms. We should allow more types of rounds. But we got to start with what we can agree on first at the basic fundamental level yeah. before we start pushing our uncontrolled guns. We should be able to have tanks and bazookas. That's never going to win. But if we say, hey, they're trying to take all ways of defending yourself mm -hmm. away, a majority of people would disagree with the, us on that. The problem with the guns issue is that many people hear words like semi-automatic and they think that semi-automatic means that you're going to be uh, Al Capone with a Tommy gun. And it's not, sure. that's not what it is. Semi-automatic is one rifle, semi-automatic is one trigger pull, one bullet. And they are really good at the semantics of it. Yes. So we need to be, I think we, we just honestly need to ignore their semantics. Yeah. And we need to play the same game on the same level. If they hijack a word, we need to use our own word. Yeah, and that and that's the problem with you. You've seen issues like follow the science, right? And I try to tell people to think about that. I'm like, if you followed the science during any particular point in time, you could be studying um, the study of how a, cr a cranium being larger would make you more intelligent, or s telling me that the Earth is flat. <laughs> You know, it depends on or or promoting eugenics. Those are all those were all considered following the science at one point in time. Right. Because I, I just feel like a lot of people they're just not thinking on an individual level. But what are what are some other areas of agreement that you would leave people with on a on a lighter note, so that you would say like because again we're so divided on so many issues. What are some issues that you found in your position when you were campaigning for local politics where people were agreed overwhelmingly well especially in illinois and lake county people agree Sp i it's a spending yeah corruption mm -hmm. and safety yes so the everyone agrees on we need safe schools we need safe neighborhoods we need a lower crime everyone agrees at least in illinois that we're being way overspending and increasing taxes way too much um and corruption everyone agrees that well, most people agree, unless you live in Chicago, <laughs> that career politicians, people who are part of the machine, people who get their funding, not from the people, but from black money sources, they all need to go. We can stick to those core issues. Then I believe we can make a lot of headway in this next election cycle. Um, because if you look at the people who are against that, like in, yeah. in Democrat-controlled cities, at least in Illinois, at least, Crime is through the roof. Look at oh, Chicago. it's it's terrible. And Shoot. corruption through the roof, and taxes through the roof. So we could stick on those issues and say, look how the left has done really bad at those, mm -hmm. and we could do better. And we don't even get in the semantics of race. We don't get into the semantics of pro life, pro choice, because you know what? People are so stuck in their beliefs that they're probably not going to change. And I will disagree with them if they ask. But you know what? The big issue going on right now is what can we agree on? Because if we don't agree on anything, our whole state and our whole country is going to go down the drain. Or we'll be split up into two. 
Right. You know, <laughs> I like I was saying, happen, I don't know. Uh, you start setting up border posts of vaccinated and unvaccinated and certain supply shortages go to one area, you might see it divided pretty fast. I'm kind of 50-50 on this issue. Um, I don't know exactly where I stand. I'm not saying I support it. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just saying- For legal reasons. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) We need to set up our LLC. (laughs) But- there, we're, we're seeing a divide that's radical, but I th- you, you tell me if you agree with this. I would say there's there's three areas that you will find both sides agree with. Money, family, safety, and then another is food security and shelter. Yeah. Those are three things that everybody can get behind. I don't think we are experiencing that level of depravity yet in that people are struggling to get... I mean, there's always the poor. There's some but, food supply shortages and yeah. gas shortages going on, but yeah. I would say that's not to the level of where it's a major concern yet for most families, but it's definitely getting there. It's worrying. It's worrying. But anyway, I wanted to say thank you to Matt yeah, for coming on. Um, fantastic, believe me. <laughs> is, is there anything else you would like to close with? Not really. Let's. You've, uh, you've said everything you can say, huh? Yeah. Get involved locally because there you can have change. And the people say, you know, if you don't vote, don't complain. I can't disagree with that i say if you don't get off the couch turn on fox news and go pound the pavement for what you believe in then don't campaign mm-hmm. or don't, then don't complain oh uh, yeah um, campaign not count not complain right exactly because we can have an impact and if you're just going to complain and not be part of the solution then you're being apathetical and i don't think you should complain about where the direction your state or your country is going in all right, everybody. That was my friend, Matthew DeRay. Matthew, you have a good evening. Um, always glad to have you on. If you ever feel like coming back on, you're always welcome. Perfect. This is a lot of fun. All right, guys. Thank you for all of uh, your kind words and everything you've done for us and all your support. And stay connected. Thank you and have a nice day. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Conservative Connection. Come on, man. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.